if you're able to identify this area or not. But it is Wombedi or a fine day in English from the second act of Madame Butterfly. Yay! I forgot to say, but like, good morning, good noon, good afternoon, good evening, good night, my dear audience. You are listening to Alinda's Opera Podcast, Opera Weirds. Today is the 10th episode. Yay! We finally went to a whole number right now. I like 10. It is a complete number. Whatever. As you can see from the title, from the cover, from the introduction, today is all about Madame Butterfly Pie Puccini. Yay! When can I stop saying yay? Okay, it is another free talk episode. Because nowadays I'm too lazy to spend a few hours just writing some script. I believe in my ability, so. Okay, if I say something weird, please tolerance me. Okay, I'm sorry, I apologize in advance. Okay, so Madame Butterfly is a three act opera composed by Puccini, the king of tragedy opera. And it was based on a novel or like a short story, Madame Butterfly. Written by John Luther Long in 1898. But that short story is also based on another story, or we should call semi autobiographical novel. Madame Quizontem by Pierlotti, or let's just pronounce it in the nice American way, Pierlotti. It is a pretty famous novel, and the Japanese name for it is Okeku-san. I'm sorry, I don't speak Japanese. But actually, there's also an opera that's based on this Madame Cuisotem. It was by Andre Massage, with the same name, premiered in 1893. But however, the thing that inspired Puccini to do this Madame Butterfly. Is way back into probably around 1900s, an American man called David Velasco dramatized Long's Madame Butterfly into a one-act play called Madame Butterfly: A Tragedy of Japan. Wow, such a nice name! So Puccini decided to do an opera based on Madame Butterfly. So he got the two-act original version of the opera. And premiered in February seventeenth, nineteen o four. But you know, I know, we all know, Felcher is the mother of success, which means Madame Butterfly's premiere was not that successful due to various of reasons. But if there's a problem, then we fix it. So Puccini changed the opera. He split Act Two into two separate acts. Even though today Metropolitan Opera still performs it, kind of like the original version, which they only have a five-minute brief pause between Act Two and Three. There are only one long thirty-minute intermission after Act One. This three-act version of Madame Butterfly gained success. By the way, it is pretty impressive that Puccini did it within three months. The premiere of the second version happened in May twenty eighth of the same year, so which is only three months after the Felcher of it is real premiere. Madame Butterfly got various of version, 
We got another USA version, which is designed for the premiere at the Metropolitan Opera House, and we also got a Paris version, which Puccini changed a little bit of the composition, some part of the chorus and some part of the strings, and the fifth. Also, the last version is called standard version, and it is what we used to see and play nowadays. Let me just conclude the story of the butterfly a little bit. So it is about an American Navy. He went to Japan. He settled there, and he married a Japanese wife. Then he went back to USA and got a real American wife. And then she went back to Japan again, knowing that O M G, I got a child. So he wanted to take his little boy, give birth by the Japanese mother, back to U S A, and raise this boy with his American wife. So his Japanese wife was like, "Oh my God, you not only hurt my love, but now you want to take my son." But she also realized that okay, only an American parent can give her child the best he can get. So she suicide and left the child to this American couple. Story end. And of course, this Japanese lady I am talking about is Cho Cho San or Madame Butterfly. Let's put the story aside. When I was researching, you know, you have to keep your information accurate. This is what happens if you don't learn U.S. history. I thought United States declared it as independence at somewhere around twenty century. So I was like, okay, Madame Butterfly was premiered in nineteen o four. Okay, well, are America haven't declared? Your independence right now. See, you gotta learn history. So I googled. Oh, never mind. American declared it is independence all the way back to seventeen seventy six. Okay, whatever. It's just me making a stupid mistake in the past fourteen years of my life. I apologize to my eighth grade social study teacher. Second to most favorite aria from Act One, where Madame Butterfly and her husband B. F. Pinkerton, the U.S. Navy, got their duets. The lyrics sound so sweet. You know, they just getting know each other more. Pinkerton asks Madame Butterfly some questions about her life. And at the end of this aria is when this opera start driving me crazy. It's fine if you don't know Italiano, cause I don't speak it either. 
Let me just translate the lyrics. So it is Pinkerton and his friend Sharpless and Cho Cho Song slash Madame Butterfly are having a conversation. They are guessing Butterfly's age. So Sharpless asks, "How old are you?" And Butterfly said, "Okay, can you take a guess?" Ah,、uh, maybe Sharpless just want to make fun of Butterfly, so he said ten. And Butterfly said, "Grow." Sharpless said twenty. And Butterfly said, "Clay, fifteen, not not with malaise. I am old. You are old." Sharpless and Pinkerton yells, "Fifteen years old." You see, a fifteen years old is saying, "I am old. What can I do?" Butterfly is just like one years older than me, and she already got married and say that she is old. Come on, I want to be very serious and say Pinkerton's kind of pedophile. Pinkerton takes advantage of Butterfly's simple, ignorant youth and the Japanese yearning of an American to get Butterfly to fall deeply in love with him, and. Even though he knew that she is only fifteen, he doesn't have any thoughts of like, okay, I better get someone else. No, he still get engaged with Butterfly and love her. What can I say? And also, here's the thing I am curious, and I do want to talk more about is whether Butterfly really love Pinkerton or it is just. Butterfly's aspiration to a foreigner and vanity. My answer to this question is, I don't think I should ignore the vanity part, but it is mostly love. If we pull back to the last aria in. Apologize. I jump over a little bit. So basically, what she say, butterfly was saying is like, love me, love me, love me. And also, she told a story. Like she asked Pinkerton. They said that obviously, if it should fall into the hands of man, a butterfly is stuck through with a pain and fix it to a board. And Pinkerton replied, "Her, well, that's true, but you know what? That's the only way that they can like keep it, so the butterfly won't fly away." Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh wow! You see that patriotical statement? Okay. If I said too much about this, I'll turn this episode into another Carmen, which I don't really want to do. So, but you see how Pinkerton act to a fifteen years old? That is super weird. But like, from my perspective of an Asian woman, Asian girl, or like my interpretation of Japanese girl at. The twentieth century time background. It is super brave for you as a Japanese wife who marry an American to ask your husband some question. You know, if you observe the North Asian clearly, you will see the passively trade exists in many Asian women. 
especially Japanese, and someone who identify as wife of someone. That's really the deep dark side. You'll never see a Japanese woman complain about their husband or something. Well, I am not Japanese myself, so I cannot say too much about this topic. But okay, fine. So the statement I want to make is that if it is not true love, then why butterfly have the courage to ask Pinkerton this question, especially when this story is saying some negative aspect and sound a little bit cringe. You know, Puccini never visited Asia or Japan before. Even though two of his most famous works, *This Madame Butterfly* and also *Trondo*, are all based on countries and lands he never been, but he still captures some trait of those nations. You know, it can also be interpreted as stereotype because you know you never visited there before, but like you're writing a story about them. Sounds a little bit weird, and also, are you sure what you're saying in your opera is accurate about that ethnical group? I'm not too sure. You know, there always been article about like saying no to Puccini's stereotype. So if I have time, I'll probably do an episode reviewing Trondo from a perspective as a little Chinese girl. Yay! So that I have the right to talk more about. Puccini's stereotype to Asian people. Okay, enough for the philosophical part. I want to bring this back to an opera review. So let's talk about some of the metropolitan opera staging. So after Carmen, we all know I went to a depressed period, which I lose all of my expectation for the metropolitan opera. But Madame Butterfly brings me a surprise. Yay! But like, if I can only say one sentence for people who want to go to Madame Butterfly, if you're buying a ticket for the orchestra area, don't buy anywhere except for orchestra premiere. I know there's a different in price, but if you sit anywhere else, your eyes will be blind. For the staging and live purposes, they got two columns of. Lines at the left and the right of the stage. If you're like me and you sit on the orchestra prime area, RIP to your eyes. They went straight to your eyes, and like I am literally blind after that. It hurts my eyes. I am a light sensitive person. I have to take eye drops after the performance. You know, can't comment more on that. Can I bring my doctor's nose to the Metropolitan Opera and ask them for refund? I don't know. Maybe I should do that. But overall, the other things are fine. So, just couple comments on the director. I know she's Chinese. Okay, time for me to say some biasful comment that I'll probably get canceled for. But like, okay, it's my all opera review channel, and as the audience for Mad Opera, I have the right to comment on everything I want to say. So, first of all, I was very happy to see more and more Asian or Chinese to participate in the opera industry. That's a bravo for her. But I don't like her directing style that much because 
in my own opinion, Madame Butterfly is supposed to be a sorrow opera. You see the overall sad tone of the whole opera. But like sometimes you gotta be happy. You gotta, especially when like Madame Butterfly was still in love with Pinkerton. You have to express her feeling through your conducting. And there's an extreme change between the different moods. I don't think the director handled that perfectly. There aren't enough sadness in part of the opera, especially in Act Three. I consider her directing style as somewhat lack of suppleness, especially for pieces like Madame Butterfly. So it doesn't quite convey the vibe as well as it. Match with the opera singer. Okay, time to go back to the staging. I think Metropolitan Opera handled the Oriental feeling well. You can see those fans, ribbons, and lanterns, so pretty. And similarly, as what they did way back to October last year for Umbala in Maskela, they hang a large mural on the ceiling of the stage to make a reflection of the stage. So you can see the detail and the day they move more clearly and visually provided a larger space for the audience. Great, but like, okay, you know, mural reflects light, so that's the other reason why my eyes got hurt. Another thing that I think they did extremely good for the staging is that they got a bunch of men wearing black well and moving everywhere. So like they support the stage, they serve as the dancers and helpers of the stage, and especially they're wearing black well, so like it made them invisible. That was a nice design, and also if you don't know, black symbolizes death. In Asian culture, so that kind of foreshadows the end of the opera. Talks about helpers, so they move the props. A、uh, element that exists throughout the whole opera is the folding screen, or I am not too sure what it called, but like it is kind of like a moving screen. So those helpers they move it back and forth to create a sense of space and also home of Pinkerton and Butterfly. That was a pretty smart design, I wanna say. A thing that I specifically want to mention is that even though it is called opera and singing is an essential and most important element of opera, but acting is still important. I can see the way that the singers try to like create the sense of a Japanese teenager, but like. Kujar, the one who sings Madame Butterfly that day, sings really well. But like, I think she was trying, but she can definitely be more quotation mark Japanese in some way. For example, when she was talking to Pinkerton, or I believe it is Polanzani who sang Pinkerton yesterday. Kujar can definitely make her movement a little bit smaller to convey. So that both make her movement more cautiously and give it a sense of Japanese teenage girl, and also the Metropolitan Opera Corps. I think they should all watch a movie with the similar story as Madame Butterfly. It is called A Memory of a Geisha. So that way, the Metropolitan Opera Corps can learn how to 
wave a fan like a geisha. Come on, you gotta do this. Stop waving your fan like an American. It is a Japanese story, and you guys are professional geishas. The purpose of waving a fan is not giving yourself air, but rather to look good, to get customers. And the most creepy and cringe thing came in Act Two and Three. So this is when Butterfly knows that Pinkerton is coming back to Japan, and he ordered Suzuki, her maid, to gather flowers and prepare for Pinkerton's return. And we got her son who is helping it. Okay, fine, everything seems nice. But here's the thing about the Metropolitan Opera staging: they got human flower trees and fake baby. Come on, that was so scary and weird. You got a bunch of people wearing like flower outfit, and they just walk on stage and they lie down, and like Suzuki and Butterfly's kid just like start picking up flowers on their back, and also Butterfly's kid was like a doll. And people with black will just like holding it his limbs and pretend that it is moving on his own. It is so weird and scary. Okay, and after that is when I start to like appreciate the lightning, not because it hurts my eyes, but like the lightning change express butterflies' mind and her feeling at every moment. And you can see how butterfly became gradually despair about the man, about Pinkerton. That was great. And during the curtain call, they recalled the lighting change. They got different lights and different stage setting for different crews. Talks about the curtain call. I never expect the choral. They like knee down and they kowtowing to. The audience. Wow, as an Asian, you know that was a big thing you will do as a human. So, wow, I I was shocked at that moment. But overall, it was a nice performance. I I'll say of three out of five because like the lining. If I sit at somewhere else, I'll probably give a four over five. I will recommend you to go. Yay! It is one of the greatest works in opera history and one of the famous works. And I'll say, if you have a chance, please do see it. Even though it is not that great, but it's still pretty fine. It works. I mean, at least it is Metropolitan Opera. There's an insurance in quality. Okay, at the end, I just want to say a thank you to all my audience. Thank you for accompanying me for this two months. I am really grateful. Thank you all for listening. And also, you know that the Metropolitan Opera is taking a break. There, there are no performance between probably next Monday all the way till February twenty six. So I am not too sure about what am I going to do for. This month, but I'll make sure to write something, to say something, to record something. Of course, yeah. So I don't have a plan yet, but I'll make sure to upload something. Yay! 
So that's all. Again, if you have any question or you just want to talk to me for something related to opera, or you just want to talk to me for no reason, please do so. Just email me. It is olinatang at gmail.com. It is A U L I N D A T A N G at gmail.com. And also, I am starting a new project called Olinda's Pick. In my social medias, you can follow me if like you need the link. I'll put it in the bio. Also, you can also email me. It is just basically about the operas I've seen, and I think it worth me to say something. So I'll probably introduce it a little bit. So that's the whole concept, and I try to do it as frequent as possible. Yeah, it will be great if you would like to follow me on social media because like I also post a lot of. Other random stuff. Okay, so that's probably it for the whole episode. And thank you for listening. I am really, really, really grateful. Even though I cannot re- ensure a topic for my next episode, but see you there. Have a nice day. Have a great night. Yeah, I am going to sleep. Bye.